0: Welcome to the North Sound Church podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Now here's Pastor Barry. Well, friends, Pastor Allen reminded us that it's February 14th today. What does February 14th mean to you? Well, this is Valentine's Day, and did you know that it's actually not exactly Valentine's Day, it's St. Valentine's Day. And I checked out some of the history surrounding this day and indeed it goes back to a St. Valentine but we're not exactly sure which one. There are some legends around the start of St. Valentine's Day. One of those legends uh, is the fact that um, Valentine was a, uh, was a pastor, was, was a priest way back when in the Roman Empire in the third century when Roman Claudius II decided that soldiers were much more effective if they weren't married. And so he banned Roman soldiers from being married. But St. Valentine decided that that was just completely wrong. And so in secret, he would marry these young soldiers before they headed out on assignment. And when the emperor found out about it, he had him killed and St. Valentine was martyred in the cause of love now the great english poet Geoffrey chaucer some of you may remember the canterbury tales uh, was one who kind of put the date uh, on the map in the work that uh, he did and it's been a special day ever since but really valentine's day and love goes back much earlier to creation to god creating man and woman and uh Valentine's Day in a very real way is is his idea. It's a day of romantic love, the love between a man and a woman that is part of God's grand design for fulfilling the purpose that he has for us. February, interestingly, is a month of anniversaries for me. Some of you may remember something that took place a little bit later in the month. I think the date was 28, but now 20 years ago, and uh, you may wanna stop and think about that for just a minute. What happened on the 28th of February, 2001? Well if you think about it, it was the Nisqually earthquake and the quake measured 6.8 on the Richter scale. It was one of the biggest earthquakes that Washington has ever seen. It was felt as far north as Vancouver, British Columbia, down into Oregon, over as far as Pasco and uh, apparently some in Spokane and maybe in Idaho. It was under Anderson Island. Uh, not too far from Olympia and about 400 people were injured. No one was killed as a direct result of the quake but one man suffered a heart attack apparently related to the circumstances surrounding all of that. Interestingly that day I remember pretty good because it marked an earthquake in my own life. I was in the process of leaving a job in a pastoral role I had had for uh, some 19 years. And it happened suddenly, and it wasn't something that I had planned. And my my world, as a result of that, got dark fairly quickly. I can remember uh, at the time, as a Navy reservist, my assignment was in Spokane. And I can remember uh, that winter, a winter day, coming back across the mountains on an Alaska Airlines airplane. And as we came down over the mountains, the turbulence was pretty bad. And uh, I can remember thinking to myself in a, in a kind of a rush of self-pity, it just really doesn't matter if this airplane goes down. So I was unemployed. I was terribly embarrassed about not having a job. And so I took my Navy job, which was just part-time, and fashioned a business card so that if anybody asked what I did for a living, I had an ability to give them a a card. I lived under the impression prior to those days that I had lots of friends. And I discovered that in the aftermath, I really didn't have as many as I thought I did. I seriously considered leaving the ministry. Uh, The future didn't look particularly bright in that role and uh, I began to meet with a business consultant that had been recommended to me. In fact, that business consultant and his wife are part of the North Sound family today. And we spent some time together and what we were fashioning was a new opportunity for my future, taking the skills that I had learned and applying them in a business setting. And as the money that we had had began to run out, uh, making a decision about the future got increasingly important. Some of you know how that goes. And so uh, I began a fast. And about the eighth day into the fast, I sat down with Ed and uh, he said, now you're going to need to come up with an explanation of why you're leaving ministry to go into a, a different kind of employment. And uh, eighth day into this fast, somehow this hit me like a ton of bricks. And later that day, I had an appointment over in Bellevue. Scotty was just nine at the time and I made my way over to, to Bellevue. and got there early and so found a park. Scotty was busy on the, the swings or the play apparatus there at the park. And uh, I sat in my truck and I was reading uh, the book, What Color Is Your Parachute? About finding a, a, new, a new job, new work. And I got to the to the to the chapter on calling. and as I sat in the truck that day in I don't know February, March of uh, uh, actually it was when I think about it now, it was actually in August of two thousand and one, um, I began to weep. the tears began to come down my face as I began to realize that God had called me into serving in pastoral ministry. Not because the calling is any better than anything else, it just happened to be the call on my life. And I had prepared my life through seminary and other training to serve in that capacity and God's call hadn't lifted. And so even though the prospects weren't great, I knew what I needed to do. And so I let Ed know and he said, well, God bless you. I don't have any contacts in that field, uh, but he wished me the best. And I wasn't quite sure what the next step was, but I knew where my calling was. Well, it was just days later, I got a call from <clears throat> my Admiral Gerald Bigger, who said, could you go on active duty with the Navy for a couple of weeks and uh, write a story for a magazine that wanted to know about Navy chaplains. And so that's exactly what I did. And uh, that was a great opportunity because <clears throat> now I had some, some work, and, uh, and then, um, while that was going on, um, 9-11 happened, and you kind of know the rest of the story. I went on um, active duty for about three months, and it was during that season in my life that the vision for North Sound Church began to grow. And in my own life, uh, so much of worship comes out of a heart of gratitude for what God has done for me. The story that I just shared with you about God purposing and repurposing my life. And so as I come to worship, I come with the knowledge of the scripture in a very personal way in my own life that God has for each one of us a hope and a future. He has for me, he has for you, and he has been faithful. And it's out of that gratitude that we gather together and worship together. You see, the theology of worship is really begins with God's love for us. And, and we respond with gratitude and love back to him. You know the, the classic passage, For God so loved the world he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And indeed, that's how it began, with God's love for the world. And then the worship is how we live out our lives. It's not just what we do on Sunday morning, as wonderful and as good as that is, but it's how we live our lives in response to God's love to us. You know the passage in Mark 12 that says, the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we, we live that out in a very tangible way in how we live our lives in gratitude for God's love and for what he has done for each one of us. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 69, verse 30. He says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving when we say thanks to god we glorify him just last Sunday we celebrated the Lord's Supper. We, we call it the Eucharist because the Greek word for uh, thanksgiving is Eucharisto. It's, the, it's an expression of, uh, of response of thanksgiving, of gratitude to God for what he has done for us by sending his son to die on the cross to become the means by which our sins are forgiven. And so when we celebrate together, we're giving thanks for the broken body we're giving thanks when we take the cup for the shed blood. That is the essence of what it is to worship God. It's in gratitude to respond with our love to his love. Communion is a part of worship and worship is giving thanks. As I close this morning, I, I wanna tell you a story from Paul Harvey. Some of you, if you're, if you're my age or maybe a little older, you'll remember Paul Harvey and the rest of the story. He tells that it's gratitude that prompted an old man to visit a broken down pier by the sea in Florida with a bucket full of shrimp that he would go out and he would throw the shrimp out and the seagulls would gather the shrimp up and they would flock to the old man and he would feed them from his bucket now, Many years before, in October 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission in a B-17 to deliver a very important message to General MacArthur in the South Pacific in New Guinea but there was an unexpected detour when Captain Eddie and the crew of that aircraft uh, had to do a crash landing in the sea the most harrowing adventure of his life you see Edward Vernon Rickenbacker who was born on October 8 1890 and passed away in 1973 was actually an American fighter ace in World War I. he was a Medal of Honor recipient a race car driver and uh, automotive designer a government consultant in in military matters, pioneer in air transportation, president of Eastern Airlines. But somewhere over the Pacific on that day that will live in history, he found themselves with the other crew members without uh, reach of radio and fuel ran low. They ditched their sea and uh, they ditched their airplane in the sea. And Eddie and his companions would have to fight the water and the weather and the scorching heat. They spent many sleepless nights recoiling as giant sharks. Their their largest uh, lifeboat from the airplane was a little over nine feet. Ten foot sharks would swim by but all of their enemies at sea, one proved the most formidable and that was starvation. About eight days out, their rations were long gone or destroyed by the salt water and it would take a miracle to sustain them and, and, uh, and, and it wasn't just any miracle, it had to be very special in that moment of time for them. In Captain Eddie's own words, he says, Cherry, that is the B-17's pilot, Captain William Cherry, He says, read the service that afternoon and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. There was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. He says, with my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some of the glare, I dozed off. Now, he continued the story this way. He says, something landed on my head. I knew it was a seagull. I I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Everyone else knew too. No one said a word, but peering out from under my hat brim without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring at that gull. The gull meant food if I could catch it. Well, and the rest, as they say, is history. Captain Eddie caught the gull. Its flesh was eaten. Other parts of the gull were used for bait to catch fish, and uh, they were able to survive by this gull, which uncharacteristically, hundreds of miles from land, landed on his head, and Eddie made it. And so now you know that Captain Eddie Rickenbacker never forgot, because every Friday evening about sunset, On a lonely stretch along the eastern Florida coast there's an old man walking along the beach slightly stooped over taking the shrimp and feeding the gulls to remember the one which on a long day long ago gave itself without a struggle. And Captain Eddie remembered that until his death in 1973. Friends, It's about giving thanks and he modeled something for us about giving thanks and as we worship, we give thanks to God for what he's done for us, for his great sacrifice for us. And worship is to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, not only as I say what we do on Sunday morning, but in a life of gratitude and an expression of gratitude for what God has done. So let me ask you, has God entered your life in such a powerful way that you are thankful? And then, friends, do you need to surrender to him in such a way that you too can worship with thanksgiving? This morning, can you choose to enter into worship through faith, giving thanks to God, even though you may not understand what's going in, going on in your life right now, even though... Some 20 years ago, I wasn't quite sure what was going on in my life, but have the knowledge that God is faithful and that he gives us a hope and a future. He gives us salvation. He gives us meaning and purpose in this life and eternal life to come. And for that, we worship. For that, we are grateful. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you this morning for the blessing of your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the promise that you live in us. And, Lord, I pray that wherever the family of God from North Sound Church is gathered today, that you would be with each one. Lord, for those who may not understand what's going on in their lives right now, I pray that you would make yourself very real. And I pray, Lord, that you would help them to understand that regardless of the circumstances at the moment, they too have a hope and a future. And it's one that lasts not just for time, but also for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, folks, I hope you're able to enjoy the day today. And uh, remember uh, God's love, how much he loves each one of us this day. And now let's be dismissed with God's blessing and also a reminder that on Wednesday evening we have our Good Friday service, excuse me, our Ash Wednesday service on wednesday evening at seven o'clock and it's via zoom and uh, i hope that you will take an opportunity to join us for that jan uh, is sending out uh, a special uh, little uh, cross a little handcrafted item that will remind you not only for ash wednesday but also for the season of lent about this important season in which we have an opportunity to take something out of our lives called a fast to help us focus more on god and also an opportunity to add something into our lives. And at North Sound, we've given you several opportunities, ways that you can join with us in that. Just check out the website. And now let's be dismissed with God's blessing. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and forevermore. Amen.